You are listening to an edited version of Get Radio's Business Brunch, which airs every Sunday at 11am on DAB Digital Radio across Oxfordshire and online at getradio.co.uk. For copyright reasons, we cannot play the songs mentioned in the show. But for more info and Business Brunch related content, head over to getradio.co.uk. Get Radio's Business Brunch with Ben Thompson. Sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Good morning. Happy Sunday. The purpose of the radio, the last Sunday this year. And welcome to the Business Brunch with me, Ben Thompson, owner of Thompson and Terry Recruitment. Now, every week so far this year, and I have been really fortunate to share the stories, the expertise and the knowledge of business leaders, large and small, all across the county uh, with you, the listener. And this show is going to be no different. And so this Sunday, I am joined by Becky Colwell of Heart to Heart Sales, and we're going to be talking about all things sales, and I'm sure lots of general business along the way. This is the Business Brunch with me, Ben Thompson. I look forward to welcoming Becky after this. Get radio. Welcome back to the Business Brunch here on Get Radio. And today I'm actually so excited to be joined by Becky Colwell of Heart to Heart Sales. And I think Becky will do a much better job of introducing herself um, to you, the listener, than I will. So let's start. Welcome, Becky. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Ben. Yeah, I am Becky Colwell. Um, My business is called Heart to Heart Sales, and I help kind business owners to sell more of what they do without any of the sales sort of uncomfortable, icky feelings that can often come along with that word even just the word, actually even saying it, for some people, their tummy flips over. So I help those types of clients sell more of what they do. Amazing, amazing. (laughs) Um, I'm really look forward to talking about that um, so much more over the next hour, because I know that it is a challenge uh, for for, for a lot of us. Um, But before that, you have kindly chosen a song for our listeners this morning. What is your song choice and why have you picked it? Uh, just because this one just takes me back to my youth all the time, every time it's played. So it's Soft Cell Tainted Love. Oxfordshire Station, get radio. Welcome back to the Business Brunch here on Get Radio. And um, before that very fitting uh, song chosen by Becky, um, we heard about Becky Colwell and indeed about Heart to Heart Sales. Um, so now we're going to dive more into, um, I guess, the word kind of sales. So, so Becky, um, what, what is kind selling um, and, and what kind of clients do you work with? Yeah, so I tend to actually call myself a kind sales advocate because too many of us at some point in our lives even if we've had sales training um, have been taught sort of a slightly manipulative way of conversation and it's something that for most of my clients who tend to be therapists coaches the helpers and healers of this world really um, but certainly they are people who are led by their values in their business and for them even the thoughts of persuading somebody to work with them just feels really rubbish (laughs) Mm. so I really help them find a way of having conversations that impart their value to their client Mm. and help draw their client towards them if indeed they want to work with that client 
No, absolutely. No, really looking forward to building on that because I think it's a, it, it, it's a challenge that, that I think a lot of business owners have in terms of selling their product or enabling the customer to buy. Um, how how did the business come about? Um, t- talk to the listener a little bit about, about your background and, 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 and I guess your own why. Yeah, so about, um, well, early on in my career, I, I was in sales, so mm-hmm. uh, sold both business to consumer and B2B as well. And um, that was for about 15 years, actually. I ran sales teams and had million pound targets and and was normally in the top two salespeople in every organization that I worked in. Mm-hmm. And eventually I got burnt out because mm-hmm. I was only ever as good as my last sales figures. So mm-hmm. I took a path away from sales and went into business improvement instead. So I'm a qualified business analyst and I'd go into businesses as a consultant, looking at their processes and procedures and helping Mm -hmm. them improve what they do, um, either by software or by changing uh, the way the different teams communicated or handed over information or data. And yeah so that's what I was doing for a very long time actually very successfully and worked with a whole load of blue chip companies and some really random lovely companies like uh, a farm vets who were um, expanding uh, across the country and so I got, got I've been able to learn about all sorts of different businesses this is what I'm saying really which is great because um, they each have their own challenges. So I've loved doing that. And around about COVID times, <laughs> for so many people, it was a big cha- game changer, really. Absolutely. And I just realised that I didn't want to do the corporate life anymore. It mm. wasn't for me. Um, I was working for one of the best companies I've ever ever worked in, um, again, as a consultant, but they were they were brilliant their values were fantastic uh that they were part of the critical national infrastructure so they were, it was important work as well mm-hmm. and yet i just wasn't fulfilled anymore and didn't really uh connect with the work anymore mm-hmm. so although i went back to fulfill a couple of um re- requirements where they needed somebody to fill in as such i took the decision to change completely and mm-hmm. After, well, yes, I will say that I actually went to be a sewing teacher. So just before COVID hit, I decided I was going to take a space in a studio and teach sewing for a while because that lit my heart up, actually. Um, But COVID hit and what happened was the studio was an absolute blessing for us because we were living in a tiny, tiny cottage in Abingdon and both of us stuck in a tiny little house and yet I was able to go to the studio and sew scrubs. So I helped um, helped with the efforts by sewing scrubs out of um, bed linen, actually, Amazing. that had been donated from around the county. And where, when I was able to start teaching sewing properly, what I realised is that it was a hobby that I loved. But it wasn't something that I wanted to make my money doing. I wanted it to stay a hobby that I enjoyed doing. And I met a wonderful bunch of of mainly women, actually, who were just looking to start their businesses and really Mm. grow what they were doing. And almost all of them could change lives then. 
almost all of them. And yet they were so scared of even saying to somebody, I'd love to work with you. Mm-hmm. So that's how the business started. <laughs> what a lovely story. What a lovely story. I, I think I think there's, of course, so so much sadness and so many awful things that happened during COVID. But there, there but there are there are some definitely some really, really good things as well. And, and that's certainly a great example of that. Um, you've touched on, on, on a topic that I'm really, really keen to build on there is um, businesses um, setting up because they absolutely love what they do. So so if you think about about those people, absolutely love what they do, but scared to ask for the money. Um, yes. I think it's really, really common, isn't it, that us business owners go into business because we're passionate about X or passionate about Y, absolutely. but actually probably don't have aren't particularly excited about wearing all of the hats that we have to as a, as a small business owner. So I guess the first question I'm really, really keen to build on a little bit with you is if we run our own business, if it's a small business, do we need to be able to sell? That's that's my first question. Well, that's um, what a great question. In my opinion, the answer is yes. And the reason being is For many people, they spend a long time or a lot of effort rather, not a long time, but a lot of effort bringing people towards them with their marketing, social media. And there are certain things where it's semi-passive that you can potentially just bypass having client conversations. Mm. But the moment you are working with clients or wanting to support them longer term, then actually being able to have conversations with people Mm. is key and that for me is sales Mm. you know you can bring people towards you but it's so very easy to push them away again so very much so very much so and just in terms of when you bring people towards you how how do you um enable that customer to buy as opposed to the hard sell that we were talking about at the start of the show what what is that process so again, it does depend on the business. There's no mm. one size fits all. And, and that's why I love doing what I do, actually, is because I get to work with individual clients who go, I can't do that. Mm. Or they say, I can do that. And we find a way for them to have sales conversations that really work with them in their in their heart and their and in their feelings and in their body so that they don't stutter over stuff. Um, so the key thing really is to be able to center yourself so that whatever conversation you're having with your client you can just talk about money in exactly the same energy as you're talking about everything else and it's when you're scared of asking for money that that's misinterpreted often as you're not confident in the service that you offer Mm. and and do and why do you think people struggle so much to ask for the money or to talk about the money typically what what, what's what's your experience of that yeah well I think Brits as well we're not brought up to talk about money that so there's that whole sort of social thing and around that any anyway um but I also think is that particularly when you're talking about kind people in business Mm. they care so much about their clients that Mm. what they're doing is they're putting their personal value on Mm. the money Mm. instead of actually thinking (laughs) that it's got nothing to do with my individual worthiness 
and everything to do with whether the, or not this client in front of me understands what I can help them with. And I think once you're talking about that, then it's much easier to say, look, this is my offer. I'd love to work with you. This is how much it costs. No, absolutely. I, I, I certainly think a, a phrase that I've that I heard a couple of years ago, actually, on this show for the first time is people love to buy, but they hate to be sold to. Um, yes. And, and, and yes. it's a it's a phrase that always re- re- really, really stuck with me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And um, I mean, just to just to share with you what. One thing is that actually sales is service. And I'm sure you've probably heard that phrase as well, that that when you're able to show somebody what you can do for them in any way, shape or form, then they're much more likely to come towards you, much more mm. likely. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, Becky, thank you so much for your thoughts so far. We'll continue the conversation after this song. Interviewing Oxfordshire's business leaders. This is the Business Brunch Podcast, sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Welcome back to the Business Brunch here on Get Radio. I hope you enjoyed that sun on a song on a Sunday morning. Sun on a I'm losing my words here. Um so um today I'm really, really delighted to be joined by Becky Colwell of Heart to Heart Sales. Um and and actually, other than Becky being great, I, I think I was so, so excited when Becky agreed to come on to, onto the show because I think that one of the big challenges that I hear across Oxfordshire within particularly within small businesses, um, but probably large alike, is we struggle to sell, we struggle to ask for that money. Um, so Becky's kindly uh, agreed to to share some hints and tips with with you, the listener, of of how you can over overcome that barrier a little. Um, so so Becky, I'm I'm just really really keen to um potentially go one step further, if that's okay. Um, and and really talk about um something you touched on earlier in 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 the program, which was around values um and enabling your values to sell. Um. I think values has become a real buzzword, hasn't it? Um, in terms of businesses talk a lot about their values. I know I, as a recruiter, when I'm talking to candidates, actually one of the big things that they want to know about the employer is what are their company values? Do they align with me? So if you're early on in your business journey, um, I, I think it's easy for us all to um, know what's important to us. But how do you, I guess, define the values of your small business? Um, that's my first question uh, connected to values. Yeah. OK. So in respect of your your own values and your business values, they can be different, by the way. Um, but I think for a lot of small business owners, they can get um it's easier to start with one set of values. Mm. And personally, what I did actually was just literally download a list of values off the internet, printed it, cut them all up, and then decided which ones suit me and which ones don't. Mm. And really, (laughs) because it sounds ridiculous, but if you look at somebody else's values, we are very likely to go, oh yes, they're mine too. Mm. And because they all sound so wonderful. But if you can take yourself away and actually look at your own you know it's okay to be motivated by things that other people aren't motivated by absolutely um but once you can connect with your own personal values then you can really find a way to to move yourself forwards so what what i did as i put all of the different things um that that i thought i i was attracted by as such as my values 
And then what I did is I put them into piles of similar things and then chose the one thing out of those similar piles that were um, important to me and ended up with my top 10 and then I needed to play around with them for the top three. <laughs> um, but it was a really, really interesting exercise. And Ben, I have to say that once you've got your values figured out, they also help you drive your business forwards by doing things that may feel a little bit outside your comfort zone. I'm not talking about doing things that are slimy or sleazy, mm. but I am talking about going, okay, if one of my values is, um, I don't know, helping helping others, then I've got to put myself forward to help others. And Very it just reminds so. you why you need to take those steps because they're important to you. No, very much so, very much so. And and when and when talking to potential staff, um, if if you're growing as a business, or when talking to potential clients from from the sales point of view, which is is the topic of this show, what's your advice in terms of how to um, I guess, converse those values and 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 how to really um, enable to to talk about them and, and share them with passion. Yeah, well, again, it depends what type of business you are. I know for a lot of businesses that actually having a poster up on the wall, um, it's a great um, tool for um, actually engaging employees as well. Actually, if you talk mm. about them in the recruitment process, as you mm. know, then it means that you can get those those really good matches. Um, and it can come out, though, in the copy on your website, in the conversations, you it can even be, you know, we live by our values at the, as your email signature and, you know, you, you put things there. It really allows your clients, your customers to go, okay, I like this business because. Um, but when it comes to everyday conversations, I think it is actually just about living those values rather than necessarily spouting them out and hoping that one will stick you know it's just about living them so no absolutely I'm I'm keen to bring the conversation on a little bit um mm. back back to back to sales if that's okay yeah. um and and really um probably talk about a little bit of a negative question if that's okay mm. um when when as a business owner or, or as a salesperson should should you say no to the sale and what are what are some of those things that you can consider when actually that prospect or that potential customer isn't right for you I think um, <laughs> you've probably had this too, where you bend over backwards for somebody and what you do is you almost change up everything that you're offering. So you've got a mm. package maybe or a certain price and you change that for that person. Mm. And I I'm sure you the listeners have come across this too, where you change one thing and then all of a sudden something else wants changing and then something else needs changing and then something else needs changing. And, and it's like these people are sent to remind us that we need boundaries in our business, actually, mm. and we need to stick by. Now, yes, you, you may have a pricing structure that allows for discounts or not, but it's having boundaries around those and sticking to them and I have to say that clients are much more confident in you when you can confidently turn around and say, well, look, this is 
the maximum I can go to. This is, you know, the most flex I have. Mm. And they appreciate that because I've got more confidence that you know what you're talking about as well, that you're confident in your own business. Mm, no, absolutely. One of the exercises that I did early in, in Thompson and Terry mm. was we started recording by the minute. It wasn't something we shared publicly, but we recorded how much time we spent on each role. And of course, we would spend as long as it needed um, in order to find the very best person. But but actually, it was really, really interesting is that that we we built that data and then we put that against the clients that had negotiated the most in our early stages. <laughs> And it was really, really interesting that our 15 lowest paying clients in terms of percentage, a fee percentage quite common for recruitment, were actually um, the 15 that were taking the most amount of time, literally in in exact order. Uh, And it's a really, really interesting lesson, isn't it, in terms of the thing that you were so, 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 so much better talking about than I, but in terms of actually often though those deals that don't feel necessarily quite right or the or the or or where there is too much negotiation often it's better not to have them that that than than to do so so and and that's sorry i was just gonna say that's really hard when you're quite new in business to 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 get that judgment right Mm. and what i would say is don't beat yourself up self up if you don't get Mm. it right Mm. to start with but you will start to see what the red flags are and start to think like, actually, this is a client who mm. I don't particularly want to work with. And what's really useful is to have knowledge of other people in a similar area than you, who that you're able to go, actually, I'm not quite right for you, but these people probably are and be able mm. to then pass, you know, rather than just saying a no, it's lovely mm. to be able to recommend somebody else who might be better suited to that person. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, j- just just on on that topic, um, and, and you've touched on on one really really good technique there. Um, I, I think I think a lot of people listening will will resonate with with the things you're saying, Becky, and thank and thank you for all these these tips so far. Um, and I think the kindness will, will be a big thing that comes through. And, and I think that what I hear a lot um, in the world of business is is often the, I guess, the business people that I would class as the really kind ones probably really struggle to say no um, and actually really yes. struggle with that, I guess, them saying, no, we're not quite right. Other than recommended somebody else, are there any other hints or, or, or tips or, I guess, techniques that you could recommend um, if if the work isn't quite right for them? Yeah, I think actually it's about being really, once you're sure of your package or your offering, then it's much easier to stick within that and and say, actually, we don't do this bit. So I can do this and this for you, but I can't do that. You know, we can go ahead on that basis. You know, what would you like to do? But it's having, it is having the confidence in what you offer to be able to then turn around and 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 talk about what you can do and what you can't do or what you're not going to do for them because it's as equally important for your clients to understand what you're not going to do for them particularly in some industries it it can be a little bit blurred Mm. Um, so it's very useful to actually talk about that as well if no absolutely absolutely 
So, so let's let's go right back to the start. Um, Becky, I'm I'm sorry. I feel like I'm interrogating you, but you're <laughs> here you. sharing so much insight with, with with the listeners. Let's let's go back to the start. Um, if, if that's okay, of of that sales process. Um, what what's your advice for um, I guess identifying potential clients so 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 we've spoken a little bit about saying no we've spoken a little bit about I guess attracting in terms of the values but I'm just quite keen to once you've identified I guess kind of who your clients are what 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 do you what do you do to actually find them what 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 what's your advice and I appreciate again it's going to vary sector to sector isn't it Jess uh there's lots of different things that people can do you can you you know going networking having those conversations um but again there's different types of networking there's the very sort of salesy environment where you know everyone's just talking about what they do or there's the very nurturing environments that are more about um building relationships and you, you know assuming that you don't have a shop front that people are coming towards you it's very much around sharing your expertise I, I i feel anyway and that might be by doing things like this um mm. for me this is showing now some of my area of expertise but it might also be on your socials it might also be um literally by showing up at the same place every every week wherever that might be and talking about what you do because once you're known for what you do it's a lot easier for people to remember and recommend you even if you're not in front of the right people mm. um there are things like um using LinkedIn and direct messaging on LinkedIn and things like that which I think can be successful but there is a big caveat for me. It just feels a little bit grimy <laughs> mm. <laughs> when people just slope in, slide into my DMs and, and, and you know, have you ever thought about doing X, Y and Z without getting to know me at all? Mm. Um, so for me, if, if, if any of my clients are doing stuff like that, we work on how do they build the relationship so that they can then perhaps offer some support or help to the person that they're trying to attract and then they're able to get into conversation about okay if you potentially want to work with me more you know this is what I do but it's a longer relationship building for for, for me. No very much so relationships are something that's so key to business aren't they they, they really are and I'm glad I'm glad you touched on that um how how do you start to build a relationship? And I appreciate that's a huge question, isn't it? But isn't but it? Can, can you give some <laughs> some ideas for potentially a new business? Because I think that it's very, very common. Um, and certainly throughout networking circles, I regularly see it where mm. somebody either relocates to the area or, or I think a very common one is had a corporate job and their clients have been big clients and and, and then set up on, on their yes. own. What, yes. what, what are some of those pointers in terms of how to start building the relationship or how to get yeah. the boat the boat to start moving um is probably a better phrase yeah and it does again it does depend on the nature of the networking you're doing if you, if 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 you're doing networking uh you know that different groups have very different vibes mm. and so for me um what what i would say is try try a few groups until mm. you find something that actually starts to feel good to you mm. that has some values matching um mm. with how you want to behave and how you want to get clients you know I'm not a great fan of 
you know, having to recommend somebody if mm. they're not the right person to recommend. That just doesn't feel good to me. Um, but um, at that point, it's very much then around what can you do for other people? How can mm. you support them? How can you help them? That's not necessarily about giving away your expertise for free, because uh, I know that is sometimes the route that people end up taking. If you do have some very clear boundaries around that, you know, that it's a it's a one session or you're doing five free sessions um, in exchange for some sort of referrals or some sort of uh, recommendations, testimonials uh, to allow you to then start building your business forwards. Mm. Um, but it is often a slow build. You know, I've had people 18 months later working with me because they've just seen me show up with the same energy. You know, I'm mm. not your typical sales trainer. <laughs> you know, my, my energy is a lot calmer. And But they've got to see that regularly. They've got mm. to see that and go, oh, actually, no, she is for me. Mm. And, and then move towards me. And I'd rather that. It's not ideal business sometimes 18 months later, I have to say. But I'd much rather that than have the wrong people sort of mm. coming towards me as well. Because you do want that energy match, actually. Mm, oh, absolutely. And it, and it certainly makes a, a more enjoyable um, re- relationship for both, both parties. Um, Becky, thank you so much for your thoughts so far. We'll continue the conversation after this. The Business Brunch with Ben Thompson. Sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Welcome back to the Business Brunch here on Get Radio. Um, today, time's flying, isn't it? Um, I'm really, really enjoying having um, the conversation with Becky Carwell here of Heart to Heart Sales. Um, and we're really talking about the world of sales and really um hopefully giving you the listener um some hints and tips and some ideas of things that you could could consider um under the umbrella of sales um and one of the the big buzz phrases that i want to talk about becky if that's okay is targets or 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 kpis um and or, or certainly boundaries even which is something we touched on already because i think if you were to work in the corporate world, um, which I know that you have done, you will have a target. You will have the number of calls you need to make or the number of meetings you need to have. Yeah. And I think that within small businesses, often um, it's very, very easy for us small business owners to do what we feel comfortable with and to do what is easy and to take the easy option. But actually, we often we do need some structure behind us so so what would be your advice um for things to consider um around the world of kpis and targets and 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 really kind of commercial boundaries really yeah um again it's such a broad question ben it does depend on what type of business you're in however taking the time and setting the time aside to do some sort of sales activity every Mm. single day within your business, I think is hugely beneficial and is the one thing that will increase your revenue um, beyond anything else, actually. And it's, Mm. you you know, it's not true for all businesses, but generally the work that you do today, it will be in a quarter's time that you'll Mm. then start to see some benefits from it. Um, But actually challenging yourself to pick up the phone, have conversations with people. I mean, the amount of people who just hide behind emails now Mm -hmm. and, you know, actually having a genuine conversation 
ear to ear, <laughs> voice to ear, uh, is remarkable how much forwards that um, it brings your relationship because mm. you actually can hear the tone of voice instead of via email, which you can't. So, you know, kind sales activity might well be um, phoning people who've shown an interest in your services. Uh, it might be phoning previous clients. It might well be reaching out completely cold to people and just saying, did you know we exist? You know, mm. how can we help you? And, you know, each of those different types of reaching out will have their own talking about KPIs, their own conversion rate. So how many calls equals how many clients. But at a point in your business, certainly when you've been in the business for six months, a year, I'm just trying to think some of my clients, it's more likely a year, 18 months. You should then know your conversion rates. Mm. And what that allows you to do is then uh, if you think about it as being a process through from somebody finding out that you exist, somebody buying, you can then bring more people into the process mm. to then up your revenue or you can increase your skills. And often actually doing a bit of both has a remarkable effect on your income. So, No, some really, really, really good advice. And just building on that um, a, a little step more Um and again, I appreciate a common theme throughout the show is going to be it very much depends on, on the business. But but I think um, phrases that, again, would be used in, in a sales department would be mm -hmm. things like upselling and cross selling and, yes. and repeat selling, which actually I think that if you were to look at all of those phrases and, and put the kindness over the top mm -hmm. of it, it would be relationship building. Yes. What What is your advice around that um, taking a, a new business or a new prospect doing a really, really good job within the kind values and then taking that to a making them aware of some of the different services you offer or, or some of the things that could be useful for them? What, yeah. what, what would be your what would be your thoughts under that umbrella? So. Uh... Really, it's as much about saying, I'd love to continue working with you. Did you know mm. I did A, B and C? Mm. You know, uh, or if you're the ideal time to ask for referrals is when you're still in involved with that client. So mm. possibly halfway through when you're starting to get results with them, you know, actually have a conversation. Look, you're getting some great results here. Is there, is there anyone else that you know who might need my services right now? Um Having those conversations all the way through and being brave enough to have the the conversation, I think it's going really well for you right now. You know, how do you feel? And actually getting that feedback in the moment um, then allows you to to say, you know, is there anyone else who you think could do with this? Mm. And for a lot of my clients, having those sort of conversations are really uncomfortable because mm. they're inviting criticism into their lives and that can feel very difficult so mm. you know if you can divorce yourself from you know you know that you're imparting your knowledge you know that you're doing a good job you know you're providing your services as you normally would mm. if you can stand in that power if you like and then go okay now I want to ask some questions of this person you know how are you finding it then 
that's incredibly important for you to then grow that relationship further because you care about their answer, but you're not, and you're not scared of their answer. Actually, mm. you're able to to meet them wherever they are. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, one of the very, very common things with with us all, but but particularly within small businesses, is imposter syndrome. Um, so, um, you were touching on on the feedback piece there. Um, and I'm sure most small business owners, in fact, I would go as far to say any small business owner listening has had those days where they think. I can't do it. I, this isn't for me. Um, there are better people out there. My business isn't big enough. Um, what, what would be your advice under the umbrella of imposter syndrome? How, how can you get support with that? And how, and how can you, um, I guess, continue to, I guess, to use my analogy from earlier in the show, keep, keep that rowing boat moving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think what, when you're in business for yourself, what you've got to recognize actually is that there are often people who aren't as good as you who are doing better. Mm. And yeah, one of the things about imposter syndrome is to remember that actually quite often your competitors aren't as good as you, but they're doing better because they're taking action in a way that you're finding uncomfortable. Mm. So one of the things that I find about imposter syndrome is, is really number one, that it's normal Mm. and even for some of my clients just realizing it's normal has helped them move through it because they know that it's just part and parcel of being a human being Mm. i heard an amazing reframe the other day which is high achievers doubt and i thought oh that's amazing actually high achievers doubt and that also just runs into this whole idea that it is perfectly normal to feel these feelings Mm. and it doesn't mean they're true um yeah and i think by having some kind sales actions in your pocket actually to going back to the 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 sort of Mm. taking regular action but by having certain actions in your pocket by taking those actions however you feel it trains you that it's safe to continue to take those actions whatever results you're getting from them Mm. and like i said then you may want to improve some certain areas but actually taking action moves you through imposter syndrome sooner than Mm. sitting and not doing anything Mm, absolutely no really good advice um we are coming um, towards the latter stint of the show, but a couple of kind of final th- things that I'm really keen to gain your thoughts on. Um, the first one is unkindness. Um, and what I mean by that is um, I think a lot of the people that um, would be really, really keen to sell, um, to sell in a kind way are kind people. Um, yes. And without grouping everyone to, to, together, it's very easy as a kind person to um allow people to potentially take advantage of you or 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 be in a scenario where um actually um you're underselling yourself so mm-hmm. so what what can you do to avoid unkindness in in your direction as a kind salesperson yeah uh i think that by having your offering whatever it might be quite firm in your mind and you understand the boundaries around what you offer and what you don't offer is important i think that it's very easy to say yes to everything when you're Mm. when you're starting out in business 
but it doesn't always serve you. You're better sticking to, I do this bit really well and this is what I do. And and in my opinion, that just helps helps you not be taken advantage of. Um, so yes, you might give a stupidly large discount the first time, but you sort of know when your pricing isn't quite right because you start to feel resentful about the work mm. that you're doing. And then that's a very, very clear indicator that you've just got to get over yourself and change your pricing structure. Mm. Um, so I think the boundaries around what you offer helps. Being sure about your pricing helps. And mm. I talk a lot about pricing ease. Um, excuse me, where the E is a fair exchange. The A is it that it's aligned with your values. Mm. Um, the S is you've actually just got to be able to say it. Mm. And then the E is just the pricing's got to be a little bit exciting for everybody. So, mm. um, and that also helps. No, really, really, really good phrase. I, I'm, I'm going to steal that one. <laughs> it's, it's no, really, really good one. Um, and I think a lot of people, um, well, certainly I, I have, and I think a lot of people listening will, um, I've been really impressed with some of the things you've said. Um, but but May, you know, it, it's, it's an hour long show, but May still think, gosh, it's, it sounds amazing. And I'm going to take away this point, this point and this point. But I could still do with um, some help. How how can people get some help from you, Becky? What 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 could they do? So I think the easiest way is to look at my website, hearttoheartsales.com. Um, that's got my offerings on there. I do actually provide a workshop on a monthly basis and but I'm just shifting when that is in the new year so I can't tell you when it is but that will also be on the website and I do that because I want people to understand that learning sales is not sleazy you know we've all had horrific experiences of sales but we've also had those lovely experiences where we've just gone oh I want to buy this because it's it seems the right thing for me. Mm -hmm. And so that's the type of thing that I talk about on that training is to make sure that people understand that sales does not need to be sleazy and slimy. It can be a wonderful thing to learn and still be totally aligned with who you are and what you want your clients to feel. Amazing. Perfect. We are very, very almost there. We've got a about uh 40 seconds left um but in those 40 seconds one of the things that we like to do with our guests um and it may be one of the 20 tips that you shared so far this morning it may be something completely fresh but if somebody has one takeaway from this show um what would be your top tip to take away to ask more questions than you um that than you talk about yourself so ask more questions and get other people to ask you questions about your service and to ask for the order. Amazing. Amazing. Well, really, really great way to end the show. Um, but unfortunately, we have run out of time. So thank you so much, um, Becky, for sharing such insight and, and, and honest kindness with 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 our listeners. We we really, really appreciate it. Um, you have been listening to the Business Brunch here on Get Radio. Um, and just a reminder, we've had Becky Colwell of Heart to Heart Sales. So do go and, and check her out um, as there's some really, really great stuff um, over on Becky's website. Um, and believe it or not, um, that is um, the 50th show of 2023. Um, so we are now going to take a two week break for Christmas, but we're going to be back on Sunday, the 7th of January. 
and and it would have to be um the cliche show um with three complete non-cliche guests so we're going to be talking about health considerations to keep you healthy in 2024 um and to do that we are joined by sarah southey of the southey way carl robbins of focus chiropractic and ben skir of project active so do feel free to tune into that show and um, to get us all healthy after lots and lots of food and drink over Christmas. Um, finally, just a reminder that you can listen to this show via the radio and online each Sunday at 11 o'clock. There is also a podcast version which is available for all your favourite podcast platforms and is released on the Monday morning. And please do look out for the video format, um, which is posted on the Get Radio Facebook page and their website every Tuesday. But for now, enjoy the rest of your Sunday and enjoy your festive period. And I will see you back in 2024.